but to be honest, the, you know, the, the real setup, the real sort of drive for it was, was to um, produce courses that were what new teachers needed um, and were relevant and high quality. I mean, that, that's that's been you know all the way through. Um, you know, having been an English teacher. Um, I just think it's very, very important that um, you know, we train our teachers so they can go off with the highest amount of confidence that they can. You're listening to I Taught English Abroad, a podcast by the TEFL Org. My name is Ewan Davidson, and in this podcast series, we're going to be talking to people who have taught English as a foreign language, find out where it's taken them and what they've learned from it. So whether you're an aspiring TEFL teacher, you're studying a TEFL course, or you're interested in teaching English more generally, this is a podcast for you. We'll be covering a range of topics each week, from travel and accommodation to the nitty-gritty of teaching, all while taking a look at global teaching and the quirks of TEFL life. Now, it's another lovely day in Glasgow. Um, I don't know why this happens, but every time I record, the sun comes out. Uh, but I'm sure it's even nicer in Greece, where today's guest is calling from. Uh, we've only got, and got Joe Hallwood, co-founder of TEFL Org, uh, in his virtual studio, if you like, with us today. Joe is an experienced TEFL teacher who taught in Greece and France before launching into the foundation of the TEFL Org in 2008. Originally based in Inverness, the TEFL Org has helped thousands of people pass qualifications to teach English abroad and now serves prospective teachers from all over the globe. The TEFL Org is the world's most accredited TEFL provider and has received countless awards, including a Queen's Award for Enterprise in 2022, FSB Business Award in 2019, was a finalist for the HSBC Scottish Export Awards E-Commerce Exporter of the Year 2017, quite a mouthful, um, a Herald Scottish Digital Business Award in 2016, and plenty more. Um, on a personal level, Joe was named IOD Scotland Director of the Year at their awards presentation in 2013. He's also my employer, which means that this has to go right. Uh, Joe, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, fine, thanks. Yeah, all good. I happy with the intro. I was I was looking through all the awards and I was I was thinking, you know, what, what are the ones that are most difficult to say out loud? And obviously, I picked all of them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always good to do, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, I want to take things right right back to the start of your career. Um, it's a simple question, kind of. First of all, when did you know you wanted to teach English? Um, when somebody put it in my head, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm. You know, I, I was—I I don't have a calling to be an English teacher. I didn't have a calling to be an English teacher. Um, but, you know, the idea of standing up in front of uh, any kind of number of people, a class or whatever, is completely anathema to me. Um, you know, I was quite shy and I just wouldn't want to do that. But anyway, I was working in Hull in the, in the tax office and um, somebody said, look, there's a job going in Greece. Do you fancy it? And it's a simple way up between Hull and the tax office or uh, Greece and overcoming my fears and being a teacher. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's as simple as that, really. And, um, and I'm, you know, when I, when I actually got out to Greece and got in front of my first class, yes, I was nervous. But, um, you know, that soon changed. And, uh, yeah, never looked back. I mean, it's not to say that the hall doesn't have its own charms. I mean, it's the home of uh, Kingdom Isambard Brunel. It's lovely bridges there, but I do. I would. I would imagine that you know, it's you have a point. Yeah, of course. I, I forgot. I forgot the highlights <laughs> of Hull. Yeah. Um, so you didn't always have an ambitions to teach. No. Um, and were, were you? I mean, we'll get on to founding the Tefl Org later on because obviously it's it's fundamental to to our conversation. But um, so let's go to young. 17, 18-year-old Joel Hallwood, like, what are your ambitions at that point? 
<laughs> that's probably a bit young actually to even um, I don't think I really had any at that age um, you know, get you get to university um, survive that um, but I wanted to travel I knew I wanted to travel um, I mean that that was yeah I mean anything that enabled me to travel was probably a, an ambition if you like um, yeah and, and for me teaching English yeah, it just became that. Uh, yeah, that seems just makes it just makes a lot of sense. You know, get paid to look, to live in a foreign country, basically. Um, yeah, amazing. So um, we uh, we've covered your you moved to Greece there a little bit, um, and as your career grew, it, it took you to obviously to Greece, but also to France. Um, how formative were your experiences there, and, and was there anything when you were teaching abroad that made you think? I'm going to co-found a new TEFL provider. Like there's there's things here that I know I could do, but maybe things I want to do differently. I mean, what were kind of the formative experiences that made you like your light bulb moments, if you like, when you were teaching over there? Um, I, and I think it's something that's this is something that's has remained true. Yeah, for the last fifteen years, really twenty years, or whatever. That if I can do it then anybody can. And it's really just convincing people that actually you can do it. You know, um, and I was in a position where I just couldn't imagine myself sitting, you know, standing in front of a classroom um, of students. Um, and I taught adults in France and I taught, you know, teenagers in, um, in Greece. But actually I loved it, you know, and, um, and I could do it, you know, a, I've thought, I think I've became quite a good um, good teacher, and um, yeah, so I absolutely believe that you know these are the skills you need to become a teacher, and anyone can do it. And so I guess that is probably the formative. Um, yeah, and I'd say after sort of three, four years of teaching in Greece, then teaching in France, teaching adults and business English, um, you've, got, you've got quite a good overview of the different sort of teaching scenarios. But yeah, it's um, and I, I still believe it now. <laughs> if I can do it, anyone else can. So you, you touched there on on teaching business English and teaching adults, um, and so obviously teaching teenagers in, in Greece as well. That gives you a really well rounded te- kind of TEFL experience, um, especially from the teaching side of it. So, what would you say were the main takeaways from each group? Like, did you have to change your approach quite sort of vividly, or or did you have sort of fundamental rules that you could stick to and you would know that these are universal kind of lessons. Like, how, how did your approach change for the different groups? Yeah. The, the one thing you have to do in both cases is um, engage. Um, and it's what you do to engage, say, 40, 50-year-olds as to 14 or 15-year-olds. Um, so, I mean, the, the one thing is, though, keeping your lessons interesting and relevant Um you know that that's important. You know if you if you're doing sort of listening with a 15 year old, a listening activity. You know that listening activity has got to be you know something that they can relate to. And equally with a 50 year old in in France um, who's learning English because because of their work, that listening needs to be tailored to something that they might actually have to do. You know, so you you've kind of got to work at it in your preparation. You've got to kind of think well. Will they find this interesting? Will it engage them? Um, and certainly, you know, teaching in Greece before I taught in France, um, yeah, so really sort of 
put that at the forefront of your mind only because I had so many lessons that weren't engaging uh, at the beginning. Um, and you, you, soon, you soon learn that, uh, you know, if you want to get your point across or achieve the aims of that lesson, your material's got to be uh, just good and relevant. Um, and so was there anything specific that you saw while you were teaching, um, you know, if you're working for, for companies or, or something like that, but that it didn't necessarily rankle with you, but you thought, I know there's a better way of doing this. Or it, did you see anything around you that made you think, like, there's got to be a better way of doing this, so there's got to be a more dynamic approach? Like, what were those kind of things that you, you picked up? You don't have to name names, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's certainly... Yeah, I won't, I won't give in, uh, any sort of names away, but um, Greece and France. Um, in, in Greece, certainly when I was teaching out there... Um, there's a big focus on learning by rote. You know, here's a big long list of vocab. Go away and learn it. Come back, have a test. Um, so really, over over the time that I was there, really encouraged much more engagement, much more the methodology that we you know teach on the um, on the on the TEFL courses, um, where you you know you increase that engagement with the students. You make it relevant. And you maximise sort of um, student talking time in the lessons, um, and the same with um, France. The materials that we're using were so out of date. Um, you know, so you, you do end up supplementing materials and you know methodology, um, and sometimes the students have to you know get used to a different way of doing stuff because you know they've always learned say in a, in a strict rigid um, way and you're introducing some more sort of collaborative uh, student-centered uh, approaches that um yeah at first yeah they, they take a bit of getting used to but um again it increases engagement and increases their effectiveness of their learning so um yeah those are the key takeaways and certainly coming away from greece and france that that was core to our sort of methodology in our in our TEFL courses Okay, so it comes to 2008, um, yourself and, and Jennifer McKenzie, the co-founder of, of the TEFL org, um, what, were the, what, were the, what were the moments kind of leading up to it? I mean, had you ever sort of envisioned yourself or had Jennifer ever envisioned herself as like business people? Was there a business background there or was it just not just because it's, it's an ambitious thing to do, but, you know, was it was a sense of like, let's just, let's give this a go. Um, I mean, what was the kind of, what were the feelings before you, you founded the TEFL work? Well, yeah, I mean, um, with the sort of teaching background, I didn't really have any sort of business experience or marketing or sales ex- experience, <clears throat> which you kind of need. So when I got back to the UK, um, I did some teaching, um, but also got experience in marketing and sales uh, in business. So when we did start, um, you know, we had at least an idea of you know what what, what you know, a set of accounts looked like. And um, um, but to be honest, the, you know, the, the real setup, the real sort of drive for it is, was to um, produce courses that were what new teachers needed. Um, and they were relevant and high quality. I mean, that, that's that's been you know all the way through. Um, you know, having been an English teacher, um, I just think it's very very important that um, you know we train our teachers 
so they can go off with the highest amount of confidence that they can. Uh, I mean, it's, it's worked. The, the, the company's doing tremendously well now and, and is, a, is a huge name. Um, leading back into the sort of foundation of, of the Tefl org, um, what challenges were there early on in terms of building, building up a Tefl business like from the ground up? Well, we had no money. Um, I'll do it. You know, and that's that's the key thing. You know, and you might have other sort of trading organizations that are well funded. We did we at the very start we had nothing. So we, we ended up doing absolutely everything ourselves. Um whether that's producing really corny marketing literature or um but we also you know, I had to write all the courses, had to develop all the courses, we did online courses, so I had to learn about online um uh, 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 online stuff. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, yeah, I mean how how to deliver online courses, basically, and learn the software and um, to write the courses. We had to deliver the courses, and so right at the beginning, you know, um, you can, we could barely feed, feed our kids. Um, so that was probably the biggest challenge. You know, how, how do you sort of grow when you, you you're basically doing everything you know already um so it's yeah it's hard work um but it, yeah it got there well i mean it's it's well worth it we're, we're, talk, we're talking today about it you know it's uh, it's been it's, it's been some journey um You've seen kind of what I would describe as a kind of Tefl boom worldwide. You've seen that firsthand uh, and been an active part of it. And that demand for uh, Tefl courses only increased, you know, during the, the sort of dark days of the pandemic. From what you've seen, um, going back to being a teacher yourself, starting a company and, of course, running it all this time, could you have predicted the, the surge in interest in recent years? And, and what do you think are the major factors behind that? I mean, look, yeah, looking at the um, the surge in demand, um, there's two things, really. One, yeah, a surge in demand, um, which can be brought about by the economics. Um, people looking, some people just looking for an extra income over and above the, the income they already have and the cost of living right at the moment, for example, um, assessment to that. But we actually launched in um, in a recession. Um, and in a recession, people, you know, need employment and, and employment abroad, employment in their home country. Um, teaching is a way, way to do that. Um, and now we have situation where we've got a high cost of living people need to make ends meet and actually just doing a few extra hours of tutoring online um can really help towards that um the other thing i, I think for, for us as, as, as an organization is that we've grown because hey, it's a bit um lack of hubris here perhaps but it's um it's uh yeah we're good we, we produce high quality uh, courses and every single person that works in the organization cares. You know, it's, um, you pick up the phone, you can chat to someone, you can email someone, chat, you know, do online chat, but every, you know, everybody cares about our customers um, and that they get a really good experience. Um, our tutors are fantastic. So I think that probably as much as anything, um, has driven that surge um, for Tefalorg. And that's been the ethos right from the very, very start. Because um, you know, we've been teachers. And it's, it's such a 
you know, important point in that because I feel like, you know, students are going to trust organizations that are run by teachers to teach them. I mean, surely that, you know, that would go as a sort of natural fit. Um, I've been wondering, you touched on it a wee bit earlier, um, but over the last decade, especially, you know, the world of, of teaching um, and specifically the world of TEFL teaching, a lot of it's moved online. A lot of what's available, broadly speaking, is available online. Obviously, there's still a huge classroom component. Um, and there's a lot of fantastic tutors who are still you know, working in classrooms, people doing combined courses and all that kind of thing. But when a lot of the industry kind of moved onto the internet. What challenges did that create? Um, and but equally, how has that improved things from, from both a business and kind of a learning perspective? Um, I, I guess always going on mine is the, is the technology, um, technology and, you know, and the infrastructure. Um, but certainly, you know, moving our classroom courses online, um, it's been great. You know, it, it means that, you know, that so many more people all around the world have access to our classroom courses. Um, it's much more convenient. Um, okay, there are hiccups to start with and finding the right software and all tutors need to get used to the software and change their materials to suit uh, the new platform. But we're an adaptable bunch. And actually, it was, it was you know, it was fine. Um, you know, after the first few weeks, um, yeah. Um, and you know, we've, we've always been online as well. We've always had an online component component to our, our courses, you know, so we've got very, very experienced online tutors that can give that experience and give that feedback to, to students and develop them. And, um, I, th- I think, um, certainly what the pandemic did is because everything went online, um, schools went online um, and then suddenly I think people sort of realised that actually online's okay um, prior to that you know people think, oh, maybe I should take a classroom course because it's more proper it's, it's, more, it's more real than, a, than, than a, just the online course you need to take more of a practical view um, but I think having lived through that now where really everybody has they do their meetings, they can do their work and anything else online. It's just become a new normal. I mean, very, very suddenly a new normal. Um, so, yeah, you can do your class on courses instead of going to a course in in Norwich or Nottingham. You know, you can you can jump on Zoom and do and get the same the same experience. Um, and it works. And it's not the, the kind of taboo of not having the face-to-face I don't know if it's taboo or mistrust or I'm not quite sure, but the attitudes have changed certainly. And it's, it's just become a new normal. Going back to your, there's a bit of a, there's no sort of linear storytelling with this podcast, by the way, I sort of, uh, <laughs> I sort of go back and forth from era to era, but yeah. obviously you're motivated enough from your experience teaching to, you know, to co-found this business um i was wondering what stories you could tell from personal experience about how teaching english has really changed someone's life really opened them up to new experiences especially kind of in terms of having taught business english i mean i'm I'm sure there's plenty of people who from teaching you've 
um, you've changed their life in, in quite a substantial way. So was there anything particular, like any any, any stories or any uh, students that you remember, especially during when things were kind of tough right at the start of um, of the business, that kept you going and to remind you, you know, why you were doing this? Yeah, um, strange. You know, you have so many students um, that you've taught and, you know, that have gone on and done, you know, I've got great stories from all over the world of um, people who, yeah, just making that first step and getting onto the plane after with the certificate, TEFL certificate in their hand. Um, I guess the first one that always sticks out is um, is our first ever student. And um, we took the booking um, as, as an online booking, but the online booking wasn't working. And it, and it, it took quite a few days to actually make the booking. Um, but he didn't give up, thankfully. But um, And he was a machinist. Uh, so he worked, you know, worked in, a, in, a, in a factory in, in Glasgow. Uh, and I taught him as well. Um, yeah, and, ju- and just we, we, we hit it off, you know, saying, you know, if I can do it, then you can do it. And, and um, I mean, I, as far as I'm aware, I think he's still teaching. I mean, that was 13, 14 years ago. Um, yeah, and, and he went and he became a fantastic teacher. And he's, he's teaching, in, I think the first one was in Cambodia he went to. But he's taught all over now. Um, so, and there were loads of people like that. I mean, just just loads. Um, and I used to love doing the 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 the, the classroom courses um, because you could really encourage them, and you can really say, "Look, I've done it. If I can do it, you can do it." And like, you know, and and I always tell them the first story um, of my first ever class when I was in, in Greece, basically got off the, the bus in this mountain town, walked into a the, my first ever classroom, and I could barely speak. I was so scared. I was shaking all over, sweating, and it was awful. Um, you know, from, from that, it gets better very, very quickly. But um, So I, I always used to tell that story that, I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. And I absolutely, sincerely believe that and I still do. Because that was that was a very positive question. I like to follow up and uh, perhaps risk ruining the mood by asking a more negative one. From your experience, what annoys you uh, in the tech um, industry? Nothing anymore. What used to annoy me um, was the <laughs> snobbishness you can get, um, and you, you just don't get it anymore. Um, but you know, when we first started. Because all the TEFL courses that were available were sort of full time for, for a month, and they cost over you know a thousand pounds, and so you have to give up work. And you know, I, I did one back in the nineties, and because um, that's all there was. And there's this snobbishness where it's like, oh yeah, because you know, unless you do a, a month course, you know, TEFL course, it doesn't you know doesn't count. Um, but luckily, that's all changed now. Um, you know, that, that, that isn't anymore, even, you know, people don't say it anymore, you know, because it's, it's, it's just, it's just history. Um, you know, the the more accessible TEFL courses that we do, the more condensed courses that we do um, have provided teachers 
to schools all over the world that normally be able to get um, English teachers. And it's, again, it's something that's just become the new normal. Um, those longer courses, I think you can, you can still do them. You can still do them. But, you know, they're also putting their content online and making their changing their courses so that they're more accessible. They're, they're kind of following us now. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't been in the industry for a particularly long time, but that was one of the things that really struck me early on was there was this kind of elitism in the past, um, and seeing that get eroded over time is, I mean, that's so so important because it, the the whole point is that this is something that everyone should have the opportunity to do. Um, so it's 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 great to see that that's more of a thing of the past now. Just finally, before we get to a break, um, we talked about all the awards uh, that yourself and Jennifer have won. Um, but whether it's kind of solo or as you know as a company, um, awards are important. Accreditation is important, um, and the TEFL org has become the most accredited TEFL course provider going. How how important if if you can sum it up? I mean, how, how important is accreditation to you, and and how vital should it be to people when they're picking a course? Well, firstly, I, the, you know the, we're not the only TEFL provider, um, and if someone's looking you know, to do a TEFL course, they go into Google or somewhere, type in TEFL, and how are they supposed to decide? You know, how, you know which one's the best one? I, you know, so um, accreditation. Um, is absolutely key for that decision-making process. Um, awards, again, is the company good? Um, is the company trustworthy? So, right, I mean, right from the start, um, yeah, accreditation has been absolutely um, key because um, they're not easy to get um, and you have to work hard and you have to keep your systems and processes continually um up to scratch um and so yeah it's it, it just helps them you know that people are looking to do a TEFL course it helps them their, with their decision making process makes it a little bit easier for them to decide which um organization to go with and, and of course the TEFL orgs you know it's, it's one so many um can you, can you talk to as because I, I hadn't really considered this before we agreed to, to chat to each other but is it quite nerve-wracking finding out whether you're going to get accreditation or not is there, is there a bit of sort of suspense in, in that? Like, what, what, how does it feel to know that you're on the cusp of being accredited by someone that really significant? Um, yeah, it is, because you invest so much in it. Um, you know, a bit of heart and soul as well, you know. And um, and I don't like losing. So, um, yeah, I always find it a bit, bit, bit nerve-wracking. Um, but, we, you know, we've I think got every accreditation that we certainly academic accreditation that we've gone for um and you know there's been a time that we perhaps we've had to change something and go back and amend um and then we get it and that's fine um and it's good but we've got the attitude that you know accreditation is about actually improving our processes and making us a better organization so internally you know this is for us as well um because we know we're, we're, we're doing the right thing and doing the best thing. Great. Um, so now we're going to take a quick break. Uh, fantastic Erin from the Tevil Org is going to tell you all about a promotion that we're running. Uh, have a listen for that. And uh, if you feel so inclined, take it up. Hi there. We hope you're enjoying listening to I Taught English Abroad, a podcast by the Tevil Org. Hopefully you're feeling inspired by what you're hearing. 
And maybe you're wondering if you can teach English as a foreign language too. Well, the answer is yes. And as an exclusive reward for listening to this podcast, we're offering you 50% off TEFL courses, plus a free lesson plans pack to help you get started. Just use the code podcast at checkout. With that discount, you can get TEFL qualified with the world's most accredited TEFL course provider and learn how to teach from teachers. With dedicated tutor support, lifetime access to our TEFL job centre and friendly advice from our team of experts, you could be teaching English abroad or online within just a few months. Signing up couldn't be simpler. Just visit www.tefl.org and add the code podcast at checkout to get your discount. That's www.tefl.org. Start your TEFL adventure today. Okay, and we're back with Joe. Um, so, as I say, non-linear timeline this podcast. Let's go back to your teaching days again. Specifically, what did you love teaching? Was there any particular topic or mm-hmm. family of words or punctuation or anything like that that you loved to teach the most? And on the counter side of that, was there anything that you dreaded teaching? Yes, there's two clear answers to that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um <laughs> I'd say probably after my first year of teaching, I mean, my first year of teaching was really learning the ropes and actually learning the language as well. Um, Because, you know, we all speak English to a level fluently, um, but to deconstruct it and, you know, work out what the past participle is and a gerund is and all this sort of stuff. Um, But my students knew it, um, so I learned it. and after after the first year, I I, I just I just love teaching grammar. I, I mean, um, it's really strange. And um, yeah, I, I I understood it. And um, yeah, I, I would prepare grammar lessons and imaginative grammar lessons. Um, yeah, so I, I actually actually love teaching. I still like grammar. <laughs> and, uh, um, one of the things that. Um, Teaching in Greece, for example, they, they get quite a high level um, to near fluency to the top classes. And um, they had to pass a, an exam called, it was called proficiency exam. And um, it was actually quite tough. I mean, it's like, almost like an O-level English or something. So I, there was one particular paper I used to dread teaching because I wasn't quite confident enough that I actually, you know, knew the answers. So it took a lot of, lot of preparation um, to make sure that I could actually, yeah, go through it with them. Especially when you're coming up to exam time, exams are really, really important because um, if a student passes their exam, it makes their their career so much more important I mean that's true now as well you know to have English is really really crucial in Greece and um, so yeah it's uh, yeah it was exam time and that particular paper I was uh, I dreaded it really that's fair Um, we were speaking to Claire Mitchell for our second episode and and, and she said uh, kind of referring to uh, what you're referring to with the sort of proficiency exam i don't know if she's done it yet but she was going to take the ielts uh, just to see what it was like and it's maybe really hard uh some of the topics are just a 
very very strange but uh okay no that's uh, that's a great answer um so we we ask everyone that comes on uh what advice would you give to people who want to get into tefl but they aren't quite sure where to start i, I can't think of anyone better to ask so um let's say there's someone ever watching this or listening to this who's curious but hasn't quite bitten the bullet yet what would you tell them um I mean, it's easy to say, just do it. You know, but the overcoming your fears, if that's what you've got, like what I had, um, start off by doing the TEFL course, um, whether it's on, you know, online or Zoom or in a classroom, um, presenting in front of other people, um, even if they're your, your, your peers, the thought of it is worse than actually doing it. Um, and if you can just get over that first step, you'll soon realize that that's what it is. And it'll make stepping on a plane to Greece, Japan, South Korea, or wherever, much, much easier. Um, so, yeah, um, just do it. But just do that small step first. Um, get yourself on a course. And you've got much, much more, more of a, an understanding of what it's all about. Along similar lines, um, but obviously kind of different considering the context, what what advice would you give to people who want to start a business in 2022? Whether it's their own freelance English teaching business or something much grander, uh, what advice would you give uh, based on your own experience? Anybody can start a business. Um, I'm a testament to that. Um, it's, but you've got to go all in. I mean, all, all in, um, and don't fear failure because failures always happen. You know, you, you try something, it doesn't work. You try it again. Oh, then it works. And, um, whether it's business or sailing, things will go wrong and you just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, working hard. Uh, and then they'll go right. They'll go right just, just out of sheer will there's nothing else um yeah i would say actually just just go for it if you want to start a business yeah for sure yeah great um so uh you're on holiday at the moment uh in, in greece the, the, the background the, the i couldn't ask for a better background for guests i mean it's just it's, it looks absolutely beautiful there um so Obviously, I mean, I, I I know you personally from from working with you, and and you're a very driven and very sort of determined guy, and I, you don't strike me as someone who would dwell too much on on previous successes. But have you been able to? I mean, obviously, with the Queen's Award and everything, and and the heights that the Tevelers reached in in more, especially more recent years, have you been able to reflect on the impact that you've that you've made? Uh, and is there anything that you wish you'd done differently, or something that you wish you'd integrated sooner? Like, have you been able to kind of reflect on these things? I know it's a bit, it's a bit. This is your life, but like, um... I know, it's, 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 as we were just saying, you know, when you. You're in business, you know, you, you, you try a lot of things and a lot of things don't work and some things do work. Um, and that's okay. Um, so to regret all the things that didn't work would be pointless because unless you have that kind of process of trying something, you know, that doesn't work. That's a rubbish idea. Oh, dear. Should have done that. And eventually you get the right, you know, the right the right things. And um, so it, it's pointless to regret any of it, really. Um, I've also had lots of luck, um, uh, help from people. Um, yeah, um, well, certainly I think the strength of Teflorg is, um, is down to the team. Uh, it's not 
any one person. Okay, you know, we started it back in the day, but it's grown because of the, the team. And it's a success because of the team, because the whole team really are from that same approach. We want quality. You know, we want to sort of get out of bed in the morning and try and do something. We want to go to bed thinking we've actually done some good today um so yeah that, that, that's you know when i reflect on that is 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 very much very much about the team um going forward next well uh i couldn't get crease out of my system um you know that's you know and i was here in the 90s and um and i want to stay here um and it's sailing that was my next challenge um and yeah, I want to sail. I want to solo sail, um, and that has all its own list of fears to overcome as well. Goodness me! I mean, that's. I'm just uh, trying to compare your sort of backdrop uh, over there to, to mine. Um, <laughs> there's an abandoned golf course. That's something. But yeah, no, that's, that sounds incredible. Um, so last question, I, I like to, I mean, my, my background kind of before this was uh, music journalism and football and that kind of thing. So I like to drop these kind of questions very late on. But I'm going to introduce you t- to a hypothetical scenario that's nothing like Desert Island Discs. So I don't know why anyone would say that. But you're away to somewhere remote, uh, an island or peninsula, uh, to teach English. Your phone breaks, your Kindle, your laptop, all that stuff. So all you've got is three books and three albums uh, on an old stereo in the accommodation you're staying in. What are your albums and what are your books? Oh, my goodness. Um, I know. I think one album that I can't get enough of is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, Yeah, that, that has all sorts of memories and... Um, other albums um, it, it would um, have to be some uh, bazooki I think bazooki music um, you know traditional Greek Greek songs um, and the third album I think um, just to keep it very very different and something I could really explore would probably be some opera I think mm-hmm. Um, so all very different um, different moods and all that sort of thing. Uh, books wise, blimey, um, you know I don't know. I don't know what books I'd take. They can't be TEFL textbooks. I can't emphasise that enough. <laughs> Ones I wouldn't easily finish, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah. Actually, I might take the Bible. Fair enough. There's a lot in there. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Uh, keep me going for a while. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any books. Encyclopedia. <laughs> okay, that's, that's that's what happens when you put people on the spot. Um, it's like being asked, kind of, what music are you into, and then you forget every single thing you've ever listened to. But yeah, exactly. The, uh, how to survive on a desert island might be. Uh, that's a good book. Yeah. That's a good book. Yeah, um, I won't spoil the ending for you though. Um, but Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Please go away and enjoy the rest of your holiday. But thanks so much for uh, giving me the time to chat to you. It's 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 been, it's been excellent. Yeah, no, good to see you too. And uh, yeah, see you soon. You've been listening to I Taught English Abroad, a podcast by the Tefl Org. However you found us, we hope you've subscribed to keep up to date with each episode. And please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, 
Acast or wherever you found us. To keep up to date with the TEFL org, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search the TEFL org and you'll find us. And if you're interested in starting your TEFL journey, you can browse our courses and speak directly to an advisor by visiting www.tefl.org. That's www.tefl.org. See you next time.